Welcome to the Wiser Wealth Management Roundtable. We believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith, guiding you to financial freedom are my co-hosts, Brad Lyons and Matthews Barnett. Hey, guys. Hi, Casey. How's it going? So usually when you pick podcast topics, you look for things that everybody's talking about. Today, we chose one that nobody's talking about, and that's gold. Nobody's talking about gold. So I thought, hey, maybe we should talk about gold. Nobody but us. <laughs> I haven't watched uh, TV in a while. Uh, does Fox News still have all the gold advertisements in, in between? Yeah, there are always these older aging actors that, that do these. It's, yeah. it's pretty interesting. So, oh, there they are. I haven't seen them in a while. Late night commercials. They have a lot of those uh, targeting people for sure. The, the gold? Yeah. The gold ones? Interesting. Buying gold, buying in your IRA, which is a I, terrible idea. I, I, I don't give it away yet. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. Well, I, I remember um, back when I was in aviation and I was the uh, Airline Pilots Association 401k specialist. And I remember standing at the computer to check in. And I remember this guy walked up and he says, I want to liquidate my entire 401k. How do I do that? So we sell and go to the cash fund, right? And, He's like, no, 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 I need to get it out. <laughs> I said, well, you can't really do that until you separate from the company or you're 59 and a half. So you're neither one of those. So you can't. So what are you trying to do? Thinking, you know, he's in dire straits or something. Like that. He's like, I'm taking it all out and I want to put it in gold and bury it in my backyard. And I laughed, but he was serious. He actually would just put it all in gold and bury it in his backyard. And I was like, wow, you $5 million airplanes. This is scary. <laughs> the alternative to hiding on your mattress is uh, is burying gold. I, I guess. I mean, part of it. I kind of walked away. It's like, man, that's kind of scary. And then it's like, well, you know. But he's very defensive. <laughs> so that's kind of pilot you want. Very defensive pilot, right? Just very, very cautious. Well, this tends to be kind of the investor mindset when you talk to people about gold. It is the concept of taking it and then, I should say, buying it and then putting it away someplace as if it, you it magically can reappear years later and it's transformed itself into something other than what that hunk of gold was that you buried in your backyard was 20 years ago. Um, and, and this is kind of a strange investor mindset relative to people who invest for growth and income through stocks and bonds. It's a very different idea. Well, let's, uh, let's go with the infomercial for now. And let's talk about why do you want to have gold? Why do people think they want to have gold in the portfolio? And then we'll go through the uh, uh, pros and cons throughout our, uh, our order of operation here. And then at the very end, we'll tell you our opinion and what history shows of owning gold in the portfolio and why you should or shouldn't have gold in a portfolio. Uh, why do investors like gold? Anybody know? Well, it's pretty. It is. And that's what I was going to say. You, you can touch it. You can feel it. You can look at it. Maybe you can set it over there on the counter, you know, you can do lots of things with it. Um, people for the most part, I think buy gold because they're afraid. Gold is sold by fear, fear of impending disaster, either in the marketplace and the economy or in their life somehow. But when you listen to these commercials by these very, very well, um, uh, trained actors. I mean, these are well-known actors. They're, they're, they're not just there because they have great name and facial recognition. They're there because they can act. And they talk about what the world can be like for those who don't own gold. 
Well, nobody reads the fine print, but it says obviously it's a paid actor. But yeah, they're they're selling the fear, and then that gold's a, a safe haven asset. So you know, if you buy gold, you'll be all right when the the doomsday scenario comes around. But gold, I mean, gold coins on TV commemorating your favorite president or the lunar landing or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a collector thing, right? But gold in your portfolio, that's really what I want to focus on today. Not not the collector gold, but the not the jewelry, you know, not not the one that makes your spouse smile, but the one that's supposed to be in your portfolio to hedge you from this great doom that's coming. Um, you know, I, I, I think people think they want it because of returns. It's going to perform better than the overall stock market, right? Um, they think that it's very liquid. They can always get rid of gold, always sell gold, right? Uh, and then low correlations, meaning that it kind of goes along with returns. If the stocks are down, then gold's always going to be up, is the, I think is the theory. Well, I think that is the theory, or at least the, the thought process behind that. An individual investor trying to buy gold to diversify their portfolio. Um, but studies are showing that that isn't necessarily the case. And they, they will point to these instances in a market condition where the gold has popped up in a very abrupt manner due to some reaction in the marketplace that there's a dislocation quite often that would occur that would cause this. But as soon as the dislocation in the marketplace works its way through the system, gold tends to go back to what it was trading before. So in order to to take advantage of gold prices that may run in a non-correlated manner to the rest of the market of stocks and bonds, you have to be willing to sell it quickly at the moment where it is achieved its objective. Yeah, it becomes a, a, a timing mechanism. You That's right. At the right time and out at the right That's time. That's right. Well, it was That's a perfect right. example of last year uh, during the, the beginning of COVID. I mean, gold and silver were hitting all-time highs while the market was pulling back 30%. So you saw that uh, specifically then. Well, in the end, the, the gold prices fell during initially during COVID, but didn't fall as much as the overall market. So... Then it started rebounding before uh, the market did. Um, but in the end, you know, the market outperformed uh, gold. Yes. By, yeah. by the time they got to the end. But at the end here, we're going to wrap this up. And Brad's done the analysis and you took our portfolio. Which model did you choose? 60-40? Well, I used the all equity. All the equity. idea okay. being that it's a it's an it's an asset class that people would use as a substitute for equity. Okay. Because gold has no income. Like right, a fixed true. income, so so we took we took uh, gold and 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 one hundred percent equity portfolio and and substituted it in. And I'll tell you what uh, what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Stay tuned. But if you if you just want to buy gold because the infomercial, you believe they're more credible than we are, then uh, there's different ways you can do it. Uh, you can buy the bars yourself. Gold right? bullion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, different ways of, uh, of of structuring that. I, I guess there's you, for, different for, for, types of gold from different countries too, right? Right. But if you're going to buy, you know, the physical gold, you, you know, the, the most important thing there is to buy from a reputable dealer. And then, so the individual who's buying that gold is going to have to do some due diligence on that on that dealer. Um, and if you buy gold, you are going to have to incur custody charges. It has to be held somewhere, even if it's held in a safe deposit in, your, in the bank. You have that you know charge that goes along with that 
then you have to audit it and you have to look at it. You have to make sure that it's still there year after year. Or you have to pay a custodian bank to hold the gold on your behalf. So that's one way to do it is to buy the bullion, buy the coins, which you were talking about. Coins are issued around the world. We issue, I think it's the American Eagle coin here in the United States. Uh, another famous one is the Canadian Maple Leaf. Yep. My um, my father-in-law collected some gold coins, silver coins, mostly from late night TV. And he would buy the the six pack of the such and such mint, you know. He passed away uh, way too early. He was 64, but... Uh, then over 10 years ago, my mother-in-law has finally decided to liquidate the coin stash, which was boxes and boxes and boxes. Interesting enough, a lot of what he bought over 10 years ago, he didn't, she didn't get what he paid for it after three different quotes, th- three different brokers. So again, it's collectibles. It's not necessarily something you buy to, to, to invest in, right? Right. Um, another way you can do it is gold futures. If you want to go in the futures market, right. And, and you do not actually own the gold, I guess so you own contracts of gold. Right. This is a very highly speculative trading strategy, uh, to be used as a hedge quite often, but by people who literally know what they're doing, why they're doing it, when they're doing it and how they're doing it. Very complex strategy. It's very leveraged usually, too. You're not putting the full price. So, you know, if the, the market drops, the futures drop, you can be left holding the bag there. So uh can be, uh, like you said, a speculative deal. It's uh, You make a lot of money. You can also lose a lot of money there. But, yeah, it needs to be uh, very sophisticated investors that really understand how futures operate. Exactly. Simplest way to do it is our ETFs. That's exchange-traded funds. We have a whole podcast on that if you want to look through our history. But ETFs uh, that own gold is another way, probably the simplest way. Um, you know, the Spider Gold Trust, the iShares Gold Trust, Aberdeen uh, Standard Physical Swiss Gold Shares ETF, all uh, would essentially trade for free on most platforms. So you have no transaction costs, and you, you it tracks the price of gold less the holding cost, right? Right. This is These uh, ETFs are backed by gold deposits. So that is the closest thing to holding gold without actually holding gold. We mentioned before how actual gold is based on the market value. You got to find somebody that can actually buy and sell it. You know, this is an ETF, so you know it's pretty liquid and exchangeable, which is a a nice added benefit to actual physical gold bullion. You know, the other physical gold, and we touched on it briefly. It actually is jewelry. You know, the the jewelry manufacturing industry uh, is fifty percent of the demand for gold in the world. So it's a huge um, supporter of the price of gold. But, but just think about how this conversation might go with, between a, a husband and a wife, for example. You know, we say, honey, I'm going to buy you this beautiful gold piece. And she says, thank you very much, and it's wonderful. And she wears it, and she loves it. And years later go by, the price of gold has gone way up. And he goes, honey, the price of gold has gone up, and we're going to sell that gold piece right now. How do you think the rest of that conversation is going to go? Such a romantic, Brad. Well, <laughs> people who buy gold in the form of joy who think that it's going to go up in value, it may. But trying to convert it into cash is a right. whole other thing. You buy it at one price, and then you're going to sell it at a much, much lower price if you turned back around and sold it. And it takes a long time to make up that difference. It just does. Maybe a generation. You know, um, you know I kind of I like this one. 
uh, mining stocks. So you, at least you own equity in something. A lot of times you're getting a dividend, right? As opposed to gold not paying you anything. Well, you're, when you're investing in a company, you're, you're investing in the, in the future cash flows of that company. And so whether they're mining commodities and gold or they're um, producing widgets or iPhones or whatever the case may be, you know, they're no different in that sense that you're buying a future cash flow from that company's uh, business operations. So. Yeah, and, and as gold rises, they make more money. They can always increase production, to your point. But because of that, it's also a little more volatile than if you're buying just a regular gold ETF. Uh, VanEck, Vectors Gold Miners ETF, and iShares MSCI Global Gold Mining or Gold Miners ETF are, are some of the bigger ones that help uh, invest in big companies that are that are mining. So it provides a little more diversification than individual companies, but it is still uh, mining focused. Well, as a business, you know, it produces a product. It produces the gold that it that it mines. Gold, in and of itself, produces nothing. It has no cash flows. It has no dividends to its owners. Um, it is based solely upon the supply and demand in the marketplace, which we all learned about economics 101, you know, the supply and demand curve. Um, it's volatile. Uh, it's difficult to predict any sort of expected return scenario from owning gold in a portfolio. Um, and again, there's custody and carrying costs you know, to go along with it. The interesting thing about it is also that the, the, the people who tend to make the, the biggest case for owning gold is gold producers, or companies that sell gold, obviously. They seem to have the um, best um, viewpoint, in their opinion, of, of owning gold, that, that it's a, they're most optimistic about it. But, you know, this business that we're in, of the financial services industry in all cases, has conflicts of interest, and that's how we start our broadcast every time, that we think the best advice is conflict-free. But when you're watching these late night shows, as Matthew put it, and we're seeing these actors talking about buying gold, there's an extremely high conflict of interest there because they're in the business of selling you gold. And we talked about the difference between buying it and selling it. And that differential, the spread, is as large as in gold as it is in any other asset that we know. So let's go ahead and transition it to um, 10% gold. If, we, if I put 10% gold in my portfolio... Tell me what, what's happened. Well, this year you'd be, you would have earned 120 basis points less than had you not had gold. So that's 1.25% for those uh, at home who don't understand how Brad talks. <laughs> and so as equities have done very well recently, gold has lagged and they have produced a, a drag on a portfolio. Over the past year, you would have lost 5%. Not that in relative value to an all equity portfolio. Over the past three years, which includes now the the depth of the um, uh, um, coronavirus and the, uh, the 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 drop in what 2018 around Christmas time, where it dropped a thousand points in one day, you know you'd be about even. But over the last five years, you'd be down you know over half a percent, you know in a portfolio with gold relative to not gold. So what this is really sharing with us is that there seems to be very little effect over the long term of holding gold, except for the fact that you have reduced yield in your portfolio. You have no dividends from 
that 10% allocation whatsoever. So although that's included in the total return, those dividends that are reinvested, they're very real and they can be used as income you know, for that 10% of that portfolio. So now, I don't know if you have it there on, on the research report or not, but standard deviation, so the risk, did, did gold reduce the risk inside the portfolio during that time period? Was it less volatile? Let's see here. Well, the 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 outperformance of a portfolio that has gold relative to a portfolio that does not have gold. So you're you're looking at trying to gain what's called alpha. Is the alpha is less in a portfolio with with gold? So alpha is a measurement of outperformance relative to another benchmark. So uh, using one portfolio versus the other, as I talked about, the, the gains over the years are less, and therefore the alpha is less. So you're getting less gain. And in the end, that's really what's important is how well your portfolio is done relative to your required rate of return that's brought out in an objective from a financial plan. Yeah, in the end, return is is what is what you're chasing, adjusted for risk. My 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 thought on it is, um, and we can put this in our show notes uh, if you want to go online and, and and look at it. But my thought is that maybe it's reducing risk a little bit, but not um, uh, not of, of, of any significant degree. Because when when I looked at the uh, performance separate, just S and P versus gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, gold did tend to be a little less volatile, which I think is what they're pulling out of their infomercials. Because and, and mutual funds do the same thing. They're going to pick a time period that benefits them when they show you a benchmark. You know, the, you, know you often hear such and such has outperformed a Lipper five-year average by twenty percent. You know, well, <laughs> which five years? They got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> they got lucky and they outperformed and they're using that in their advertising. And then they don't, they underperform for years and years and then they outperform one little segment again. And I feel like that's what happens with gold and the people who are trying to sell gold um, because you know, you buy it and they're getting a transaction. They're not advertising on these channels for free. They're, they're right. They're not out there. It, this is not a, a, a public service announcement, right? You mentioned the the correlations to the market. And I mean, that doesn't, uh, as you just said, you know, having a little bit of gold doesn't actually perform, uh, improve the alpha in the portfolio. So uh, just because it's not correlated with the market doesn't really mean it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see the, 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 on the risk side, we're going to put that in our show notes. If you want to go online, Um, you can see that on our YouTube channel, uh, wiser wealth management, or on our blog, on our website at wiserinvestor.com. Um, so basically, though, in the end, to an equity portfolio, there's really no reason to be adding gold. Um, so, you know, what, yeah, what, what is a good diversifier versus the market? You know what? This is a question that's been asked for uh, 21 years. I've been in this business. Short-term treasuries. If you're, if you're worried about the future, buy short-term treasuries. Add, add that to your portfolio. Exactly. Because those are going to be there, backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. They have a short maturity date, therefore they have a very low duration. Um, and if you're worried about the the uh, liquidity of the U.S. government, then you buy physical gold and you park that in your backyard. You buy ammunition, you buy hard liquor, and you get cigarettes, and you bury it in your uh, in your 
tunnel. In your vault. In your vault. Mm-hmm. Tunnel in the ground. Yeah. In your little hideout. Uh, and I, I'm not making fun. I'm really not. If that's what you're concerned about, that that's what you would start building. Uh, we have a model for that, the USSR. If you read case studies on what people did to survive during the USSR, that's it, right? Now, for someone in another country that not as great as America, um, you know, there. I think there's a there's a case for making, you know, for owning physical gold. Honestly, when your currency is is moving up and down. I mean, I've, I've shared this story before, but uh, the quick version is, you know, I'm watching a military channel late at night and the uh, uh, they were uh, South uh, Vietnamese were uh, escaping toward U.S. ships in their military helicopter. They were landing on the military ships and then they would push the helicopter into the water and that pilot and his family now could come to America, right? <laughs> this guy, he has a, what is it, a helicopter with the two blades, you know? Saworski helicopter. He's coming in and won't fit on the ship. He lowers his wife and like three kids down by rope. Then then he backs away from the ship. He does this perfect barrel roll to the right and he jumps out into the water. And he just disappears. He doesn't he doesn't show up anywhere. Like, like, dude, they just filmed this guy's death. That's crazy. <laughs> and he pops back up. And the commentator said that he had put sold all his possessions and bought gold bars that were in his backpack. I guess he didn't give it to his wife or kids. He's afraid they're going to spend it before they got got to the bottom of the rope or something. I don't know why he didn't hand it over. He couldn't swim with all the weight. So he had to drop, poor guy, had to drop the, the gold bars. <laughs> I actually remember the story. In the bottom of the ocean, there's gold bars in a backpack and some fish going, I don't know what this is doing down here. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, he had the right idea. He's going to come to the United States, convert that into U.S. currency, and start a new life. And uh, hopefully he was, he came here. He's very successful uh, and, and his family's doing great. But it's um, <laughs> <laughs> a great story. But in my mind, it was like an aha moment. That's why you buy gold. Cause I don't live in Venezuela. I don't live in, you know, Peru or anywhere else that has some, you know, tends to have volatile currency. So that, so that makes sense. But I think where we live uh, and the life that we live, I, I, I don't see it. Uh, and, and certainly as a portfolio managers, uh, we don't see the benefit of gold in, inside a portfolio. Um, if you want to dampen volatility, buy something that pays you some income. It's not much income, but it's more than gold. More that, than gold. That's U.S. Mm-hmm. Treasuries. Yeah. So, Well, that was a fun topic um, covering things that uh, no one else is really talking about right now. We're just, I don't know if we're leading edge or late to the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with leading edge. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Great conversation. Always interesting. Enjoyed it.